0: Sox on 35th is next. Doors open on the left.
1: How's it going, everybody? My name is Duke Coughlin, and welcome back to the Sox on 35th podcast. We are back covering another exciting week of your Chicago White Sox. As always, I'm joined by our panelists and trade deadline masters, Jordan Lazowski and Nick Gower. Gentlemen, how are we doing?
2: Do you really have to ask me that question? Seriously, I'm not doing good. Like, let, let we we've got we have got a good podcast with Bob Nightingale focused on that. I will hold my thoughts on trading Lucas Giolito at this time. It's obviously not easy. I I maybe not as much as Jordan, but I still really like Lucas Giolito. But at the same
1: time, I feel like I've been at the acceptance stage of this rebuild for a while now. So maybe
2: just not hitting me as hard. But I'm overall, I'm really excited for this episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, for the most part, you know, Lucas Giolito, you can never deny who he is as a player and what he's meant to this team. It's just a shame that we couldn't find a way to make it work within his contract window. I do think we got a decent return, but we will discuss that a little bit with Bob Nightingale here in the uh, next few minutes. But before we get to that, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure to check out sockson 35thcom as well as following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at sockson 35th And without further ado, we are joined with USA Today reporter and MLB insider, Bob Nightingale. All right, guys, we are now joined by USA Today baseball columnist and MLB insider, Bob Nightingale. Bob, obviously it is a crazy time in the MLB season right now as we get close to the trade deadline. So we really do appreciate having you on and uh, giving us a little bit of your time. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. For sure, for sure obviously you know we are on the heels of the absolutely massive lucas giolito trade that happened after the white Sox cubs game yesterday i know you had mentioned earlier that the padres were a better for giolito obviously the angels ended up getting their guy with renaldo lopez but who else was really in the sweepstakes were there other teams that were kind of bidding for the services of lucas giolito well i know the uh yeah the
0: dodgers had interest in him the uh, Tampa bay rays had interest so you know he's up there as far as you know guys available uh you know, if Blake Snell's available, obviously he'd become the number one guy. But, you know, it's a very thin trade market, so he was right up there as among the, uh, you know, top starters available for anybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously with the Padres sitting where they currently are, it's him and Josh Hader, it sounds like, are kind of the two big ones that uh, they're looking to move. So what really made the Angels offer stand out? Like, was was there anything substantial, like, kind of in place as far as these other teams that were looking at Lito or was this just the first trigger that was ready to get pulled?
0: I think it may get pulled. Sometimes people deal with relationships. It was interesting. Uh, I was in Cooperstown over the weekend. Uh, you know, Artie Marino and Jerry Reinsdorf, you know, had uh, you know, dinner together several times, smoking cigars. So I'm sure it came up at, at, there and then passed along to the uh, GMs. So a lot of times you deal with your friends. And, uh, you yeah, know, I mean, this was, you know, one of those cases where, hey, the, uh, you know, the Angels top prospect is already, uh, you know, in the big leagues. These are the next two. So uh, you've got, you know, it's not
1: like the Angels have a deep farm system, but at least they got their, you know, top two guys. Yeah, I mean, the uh, White Sox grabbing Edgar Guerrero and uh, Kai Bush, both quality guys. Uh, Edgar Guerrero, I believe, number 65 in the MLB top 100 as far as prospects go. Obviously, it does make a lot of sense for, uh, you know, a relationship like that. And it doesn't surprise me at all as far as Jerry Reinsdorf dealing with somebody that he would smoke cigars with and yuck it up with. Do you foresee a trade package like this, possibly similar with how the White Sox sent Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez in a uh, Lance Lynn type deal? Um, is this a situation? Do you think there's a reliever in the bullpen that the White Sox could potentially pair with a Lance Lynn to possibly sweeten a deal?
0: I don't think so. You know, I think you would get more of a uh, more like a number ten to number fifteen type prospect from a team. You know, maybe two in the top twenty-five. So just you know, Giolito has you know a better year, obviously better stuff. So you're going to get more, you know, get more for him. So yeah, they won't, they won't get, uh, you know, near the package for Lynn, you know, or, or anybody else to trade.
1: How much do you think that team option plays into it? Like, do you think that sweetens his trade potential? Do you think any team that would grab him probably isn't looking to take on that much money? Like, do you think that plays any sort of factor? Well, you know, a lot of these teams, you know, the contenders, has got no a, a trade list. So he's kind of spun
0: around saying, Hey, if, uh, I weigh my no trade clause, but you got to promise I don't pick up. You know, you're not going to pick up my option. So he's telling teams that, like, okay, uh, I want to become a free agent. I want to decide what I want to do. I certainly don't want some team to pick up my option and then, you know, flip me, flip me next year. So, uh, so he's kind of going reverse, like, you know, not asking for anybody to, you know, guarantee anything like that, but just make sure I'm a free agent.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a pretty interesting dynamic. I guess I didn't really think of it that way. Good way for Lance to kind of leverage himself. So that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, it's just a, uh, you know, in himself and, you know, doesn't want to be in a situation where, say, you know, wherever he's traded, uh, Tampa, LA, Texas, uh, if he doesn't like it there, he doesn't want to
1: get stuck there. You know, you bring up some of the teams that have been interested in him. Obviously, the Rangers were kind of the first team to at least be rumored for Lance Lynn Services. Obviously, the Rays and the Dodgers, I believe you dropped the Dodgers uh, yesterday as far as that source. It kind of felt like that trade would be the first one to kind of come off the board because it felt like it might have been a little bit easier to pull off, especially with the prospects that ended up getting moved with Lucas Giolito. Is it a little bit of a surprise that Lance is still on the roster and ended up pitching yesterday? Do you think it's imminent that he could be moved within the next day or two? Well, I was surprised he started that game. You know, it's like, uh, that's
0: why I thought there'd be some more urgency, like to prevent him from starting. Hey, if something goes bad, the like, you know, if he gets hurt then the White Sox are left, you know, but no value at all. Uh, you know, you're not pitched well. So obviously the value did not increase, but now you, I mean, now you got till uh, Tuesday afternoon. So I would think now you can actually wait and see who gives you what you want. Uh, you know, unless someone really needs him to pitch, you know, Monday or Tuesday, which, which is possible, but now I think you know you can wait until, at least along till Sunday and still have him pitch. You know, for his for his new team. Uh, you know, since you got you know four more days before his next start.
1: So, do you think there's like currently a front runner for our services? I mean, obviously we've brought up some of the teams that are rumored to him. Is there an outside team that maybe people haven't talked about? Um, is there any team do you think that maybe would have the best type of return for the Chicago White Sox?
0: Well, that, yeah, I still think the, uh, the Rays are the front runners. They've had talks. They've actually exchanged names. Uh, I'm not sure uh, any of their teams have done that. I know they've already agreed on, a, on the pitcher involved. Uh, they have not agreed on the, on the position player. You know, if you're the, uh, you know, if you're the White Sox, you know, you like to deal with the Rays because they got a deep farm system. they got one of the top five farm systems in baseball. You know, it's not like you know, the Angels, you know, which, which don't have a good farm system.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the thing with the Rays that I feel like a lot of people are really, really going on about is uh, if the Rays trade them to you, with how well they've kind of uh, crafted their own players from within their system, that that's somebody that you might not want in the first place. With how good their farm system is, how high of a prospect? Like, what type of return do you think Lance would be able to get? I would think
0: a uh, they're like top ten to fifteen type prospect, maybe two of the top twenty-five, you know, that sort of thing. You not know, gonna get a top five prospects for sure. Uh, you know, maybe you get lucky. Some are, you know, like their eighth, ninth, or tenth type prospect, and uh, you know, maybe you know a fringe guy, you know, here and there that, that throw out there, and you know, hopefully, you know, one of them, one of them, you get you get lucky and uh, strike gold.
1: Yeah, certainly. That, that sounds like something that would definitely be ideal, especially with how well the Rays have built their uh, entire farm system. Yeah, no, I agree. That makes sense. And I just wanted to ask. I mean, obviously, we're talking a lot about G-Lito and Lynn because they either have been traded or are close to getting traded but I also wanted to ask because the White Sox have a lot of players who are either on expiring contracts or who have maybe uh, this year and next like uh, Tim Anderson for example so I wanted to ask are there players that maybe aren't getting as much hype in the rumor mill that you think have a chance of getting traded
0: Not really uh, you know Tim Anderson's trade value has plummeted uh, you know the Angels I mean the Dodgers need a short stop and they prefer to go, you know, the Man Rosario uh, route. I also think the White Sox had a very high, have a very high price tag on him that nobody that nobody's going to meet, you know, just with how much he struggled this year. Uh, I'm not sure even Aaron Bummer is available. Uh, There's talk that you know the White Sox want to hang on to him. Remember now, the White Sox want a contend in 2024. They don't want to do a rebuild. I mean, the rebuild was a disaster, so you know they want to make sure that then they can, you know, bounce right back and be a contender again.
1: So, I mean, with that, the discussion we've had over the last couple weeks with Tim Anderson is that the trade deadline might not be the best for his market. Do you think that market potentially rises a little bit in winter meetings? If, you know, say front office guys are all able to be able to come together, maybe discuss a little bit of where they want to go with their franchise moving forward. Do you think Tim maybe fetches a little bit better of a price at something like uh, winter meetings in the offseason?
0: if he has a good second half and they need him to have a strong second half to have a you know, chance to, you know, deal with him, you know, what they want. Uh, that being said, you know, if they don't uh, – it's not like there's you – the know, free agent market and shortstops stops is, uh, you know, nothing like this. it's been the last two years. So if you want to try to contend, you might as well keep them. And if you're uh, in the race, uh, you keep them all year. If you're of the race, you know, you trade next, next July.
1: So do you think, you know, with the idea that they would be contending moving forward, are there any players besides, say, Tim Anderson, that uh, the White Sox might not want to trade now, but would be willing to explore trading over the off season? Well, they can certainly, uh, you know, shop, you know,
0: uh, Jimenez and Mankata, you know, see what you get from them. Uh, I'm sure they'll shop them just to see if what anybody is willing to pay, uh, you know, high price tag, high salary, so. You know, I'm not sure, but at least, you know, those type of guys, you know, you'll ask about even, you know, Berger and, and guys like that. So I think, that you know, they'll be listing on everybody. Uh, but I, just the, the value isn't like it, like it hoped. Uh, if they had high value, you know, they'd probably be already, already be traded.
2: So from the perspective of guys like you just mentioned, Jimenez, Moncada, even Berger, are those still guys where... You know, if you briefly look towards 2024, 20, they're still looking for them to be part of that impact for this next wave of trying to contend again in, into next season? Or is this something where, you know, they're kind of on the fence where, to, to your point, if they get the right price or they hear the right names um, for those types of players over the offseason, that they're willing to move that? I guess where I guess the question is where do they kind of stand on those types of players that maybe aren't talked about so much in the rumors at this deadline, but still project to be on the roster into next season.
0: Yeah, no, I mean I would think if they uh, move and they still want guys who uh, you know fill in that are major league ready or, or close. Uh, you know, of make twenty five million dollars, you know, next year, so you know, I don't think anybody's going to eat that contract. But yeah, if, if the White Sox were just going to completely you know gut that thing and rebuild move those guys and eat most of the salary, you know, just to get some prospects back in return. But they're hoping that these guys bounce back and uh, stay healthy and then, uh, you know, give them a fighting chance next year, you know, in, in, in what's a weak division.
1: Speaking of the weak division, just kind of uh, to toss a little bit more out there, as far as Cleveland, you know, trading Rosario with the Synegrad trade, do the Twins look to get aggressive here? I, I really don't know what to take out of Cleveland making that trade. Like, is this a situation where they feel like they got the better player on this end? Like, do they think this is somebody that will help them, you know, win down the line? Like, Do you consider Cleveland and the Twins as being potential buyers coming up in the next few days? Yeah, definitely. I know the twins want to
0: get a uh, some bullpen help and a right hand bat, uh, probably an outfielder. Yeah, you know, maybe they've got like tiny fan fits in there. And uh in Cleveland, they just thought, hey, Rosario's been terrible this year offensively. So let's you know, we need an arm. You know, we've been banged up here. We need a guy to give us some in- innings. So that's all it is. It was just a sheer baseball trade of a few guys. I mean, uh guard has been on the injury list. Rosario has struggled so badly, so that that's all that is. And Cleveland will buy I mean Cleveland's right in the mix. Of this thing, uh, you know, they know they get in the playoffs with with that pitching staff. You, know, they cause a lot of damage.
1: I think you always wonder, you know, especially with how weak the division is, how much a team is willing to buy to try to win that division and see if they can do much after. But with the way that you know, AL East is bought, with how they're kind of built right now, it's really difficult to try to make a polarizing argument as far as a team buying and really trying to make a run when those are the teams they are going to have to meet the playoffs.
0: Right. Yeah. And the, uh, you know, both teams have great, you know, young pitching uh, that, you know, pitching can do you know, a lot of damage in the postseason. So, you know, on paper, you look like an underdog, but remember last year Cleveland almost beat the uh, Yankees in the postseason. They should have beat the Yankees. So, yeah, those, those two teams will be the two teams to beat, you know, once again next year.
2: And let's talk a little bit about next year, too, because, you know, a, a trade like Giolito absolutely signals, yep, it's it's time to move on from 2023. You have said that the White Sox have been pretty steady in maintaining they want to compete heading into 2024. How does how does this roster end up shaking up next year? Is it something where, you know, right now under contract, they have two starting pitchers? Don't cease Michael Kopech heading into next year. Is this something where, when they're building this team for 2024, do they see it envision? Do they envision this is going to come from help from the inside? Is this help from external free agents? H- how have you heard they they truly plan to make sure that you know, d- despite having to sell off this year, next year's team can still be a contender?
0: Yeah, you're going to have to uh, go in the free agent market. Uh, you know, maybe hit hit on some trades. Uh, you know, there's no reason. The two guys they got, you know, that now, uh, you know, they're trade bait if they want to. They want to say, you know, what? Well, well, if somebody really likes the two guys we got, you know, maybe, uh, you know, we'll flip one of them, you know, for a good a, uh, you know, a, a veteran player, you know, this winter. So, yeah, they're going to have to be aggressive. They're going to make the right moves. Uh, they're also going to have to hope that, you know, just the clubhouse chemistry, everything changes. I mean, this is the four straight manager and they haven't performed under you know, at some point, you know, the players have to look themselves in the mirror and say, you know, it's on us.
2: And that's kind of a huge point And kind of, I think a big question on a lot of Sox fans minds and a lot of them want to potentially see a fifth manager, try, try and lead this team, maybe make Pedro Raffaul a one and done. Do you foresee any big changes, whether it's the front office all the way down to the coaching staff, do you see any big changes heading into next season based on, again, just the failure of yet another season in 2023?
0: I don't, you know, if they're going to make a change in the front office, they wouldn't have let, uh, you know, the GM Rick Hahn, you know, conduct the draft and conduct a, a trade deadline. So obviously, you have enough faith in that. Uh, and I think Ken Williams' contract goes through 2024, so I'm assuming Rick Hahn's does as well. So you know, it's almost like, okay, you know, you guys gonna, you guys come back and you know, we'll see what happens, you know, one more time. But uh, you know, you talk to baseball people, you know, it's just time to shake up that whole clubhouse i mean they uh if i wreck you know ran around because he couldn't get past the wild card round and you know upset with some decisions the only time they responded was trying to first year then they kind of quit under him quit under miguel cairo and you know same thing with grip so you know i would think at some point too you just got to say you know we got to trade guys in here just bring in some new faces because this this batch isn't working
1: yeah, no doubt. And, you know, I think that's kind of the thing that a lot of uh, White Sox fans have really hidden acceptance to is that as this team is currently built, it probably isn't going to be what this team is going to look like if we plan on trying to contend moving forward. Um, obviously, you know, bringing in a guy like Andrew Benintendi that's a big step in the right direction. But, uh, you know, the White Sox obviously need to continue to try to spend in the offseason, fill holes where they can, and obviously, uh, you know, bring in guys through the trade market that can potentially start. I did have one final question here, Bob. Um, and it was just regarding uh, how much information you potentially have on guys like Edgar Cuero and Kai Bush. Um, I know Cuero is kind of like the big name in this trade, but uh, I really do like the profile of Kai Bush, especially with what Rick Hahn has been looking for in a left-handed pitcher that he was potentially going to get out of Garrett Crochet. How did the Angels feel about a guy like Kai Bush in their organization, and uh, what what should the White Sox expect to get out of him within the next year or two?
0: Yeah, I talked to a uh, a few people about him. Uh, Cuero, they say... He'll be a backup catcher at worst uh, at best, probably a, a low end starting catcher you know not all starting like that but low end starting catcher And uh, with Bush uh, kind of a, a back end rotation not a frontline starter but a back end starter so you know you need those type of guys you know no one you know no one projects either guy to be a uh, a star by any means but at least steady guys and considering you know what a mess the white Sox catching's been you know, he'd be a, you know, a big help.
1: Yeah. I mean I, I think I think I speak for White Sox fans everywhere when it's just nice to have an idea of the future when it comes to the catcher position for the Chicago White Sox and hopefully not have to see guys like Sebi Zavala or potentially thirty four or thirty five year old guys out there behind the plate anymore, you know, potentially moving moving in the right direction.
0: Yeah. I mean the Grindall thing was a you know was a disaster, you know, stuck with that contract. a pitcher didn't like pitching to him, uh, you know, wasn't good offensively. It's just a, uh, you know, that thing was bad from the start. And uh, I would think what they'll do with him, I mean, no one's going to trade for him. I would think at some point in August, September, they'll put him on waivers and hope that someone, you know, grabs him. If they don't, you know, maybe just, you know, let him walk away and let some other guys do some catching.
1: I was, I was kind of curious if he had any sort of market just, uh, just because I've noticed we've been putting him at first base a little bit here and there. Obviously, Andrew Vaughn's been injured, but, I mean, we have more than enough first baseman on the roster to be able to play there. So I wonder if he's trying to kind of show a little bit more of that flexibility if he were to be able to catch on with a team in September that was potentially making a run in the playoffs. Yeah, just
0: simply showcasing. I mean, they would have to eat pretty much the entire contract uh, to move him and you hopefully get like a fringe prospect back in return. So that's all it that is. Like I said, they can uh, teams can still make moves if you put guys on waivers, and he'll be he'll be placed on waivers. And uh, you know, maybe it gets hot, and some team panics and say, "Okay, I'll give you uh, our fifteenth best prospect for him, as long as you know you're paying the salary."
1: No doubt. Well, Bob. I want to say I really appreciate the time. You know, like we said at the top, this is a very busy time in the off offseason. Um, you're one of the busiest guys out there. Where can we find you as far as uh, getting any info? You know, turn on those tweet notifications so we can uh, constantly get any information we need.
0: Yeah, just a, uh, you know, the Today USHA website is USAJ.com. Find me there in the sports section. Or usually I'll, I'll tweet out my stories, which are uh, B Nightingale on, on Twitter.
1: We appreciate it, Bob. We'll be waiting for the next big White Sox story to break here in the next few days. All right.
0: Take care, guys. Good talking to you.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have for now for the Sox on 35th podcast. I do want to thank Bob Nightingale for taking time out of his incredibly busy schedule, especially considering the trade deadline to come join the podcast it's always uh it's always awesome having uh different contributors from around the baseball world so very much appreciate it bob be sure to subscribe to the podcast on youtube apple spotify anywhere else you get your podcast we will be diving a little bit deeper into this on the next episode we may or may not have a special guest for that as well but you'll have to tune in and check it out when we get there be sure to follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at socks on 35th and be sure to check out the website at socks on 35th.com um thank you guys for listening we always appreciate the support um, thank you and go
2: socks this stinks but thanks to go socks
0: <laughs> go socks